This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge very fast when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. A big thank you to all our members for making our truth journey a reality. To listen to part two of tonight's interview and all of our material, just go to veritasradio.com and click on the subscribe button. You'll receive your login immediately. And have you considered giving the gift of Veritas for the holidays or any occasion? What about the gift of health by giving a Sanitas subscription? You can give three, six, or nine months, or one or two years. You have known and trusted us for five years now, and you know our information makes a difference, especially when you cannot get it in the mainstream media, as it is the case with tonight's interview. And the futuristic metal case USB drive with Season 5 and bonus material is now available along with MMS, our water purifiers, and more, all on our website and the Veritas store. And to get in touch with us, for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Today's special guest is best-selling author, investigative journalist, former law enforcement officer, and senior executive in the technology sector, David Politis. We'll discuss the mysterious disappearances in national parks, right now on Veritas. 
David Polites holds two degrees from the University of San Francisco and has a professional background that includes 20 years in law enforcement and senior executive positions in the technology sector. Politis's meticulous research into the thousands of mysterious disappearances in U.S. national parks should be an object lesson on how the paranormal should be investigated. Politis does what most paranormal researchers fail to do. First, he examines a phenomenon that is truly unique without defaulting to the unofficial canon of New Age explanations for such. And second, his research is so thorough, objective, and vetted that it cannot be debunked. Many paranormal researchers try to explain one unknown with another unknown. Pilates does not do this. He seems to intuitively understand that when we are confronted by a mystery that has no logical, physical explanation, a phenomenon that seemingly originates outside of our known reality, one that defies physical laws, that any attempt to define or understand it will fail. We simply lack the conceptual vocabulary. Pilates has done a great service by bringing forth his missing 411 books and showing the reluctance of the National Park Service to come clean on the records of missing persons. And to learn more about David Polites and purchase his missing 411 book series, visit his website at canammissing.com, which is also linked at ours. And directly from the state of Colorado, I'm privileged to introduce David Polites. Hello, Mr. Polites, and welcome to Veritas. And my pleasure to be here, Mel. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure as well. And may I call you Dave? Absolutely. Thank you. Well, Dave, you have been investigating missing people for, for years now. To start, when and why did you start investigating missing people? Well, back in law enforcement days, uh, there was a small girl that disappeared in 93 up in Petaluma, California. And the FBI started a task force of local law enforcement and federal investigators to look into that case. I was part of the team from San Jose that went to Petaluma and assisted. And that was one of the later ventures into missing people in a, under a complex situation that I was in. Post that and after law enforcement, uh, I got into some other investigations on some other issues. And I was at a national park and I was being followed around by some people and I went back to the uh, cabin I was staying at after my day, and uh, later that night I got a knock on the door, and there were a couple people standing there, and they introduced themselves as off-duty National Park Rangers. They stated that uh, they knew who I was, they knew my background, and they had something that they wanted to tell me. I invited them in, and we ended up having a couple-hour conversation about missing people in national parks. And what they stated was is that they, between them, had been at several parks over their careers, and they'd seen a series of people disappear. And on that front end, there was a lot of publicity. Uh, there were a lot of investigations going on. There was a lot of movement. There was a lot of search and rescue people. But after that initial push of seven to ten days, there was nothing else. That was it. There was no more publicity. There was no more talk about those people they essentially got wiped right off the face of the earth. And their concern was is that there seemed to be too many people missing from their park system, nobody doing any follow-up about it, and there was nobody tracking it. And what they meant by that was is that almost every medium-sized and large law enforcement institution in the United States has a website, and on that website there is a section for missing people. Well, the National Park Service has a large law enforcement contingent. 
where these are just not rangers. These are law enforcement rangers that go to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Academy. They're highly, highly trained people, and they're administered by police officers and special agents and investigators at that high federal level. They know what they're doing. They don't go around the campsites and pick up garbage. These guys are and ladies are very good and highly trained. For some reason, the Park Service, in their infinite wisdom, has made a decision not to track missing people, not to publicize missing people, not to keep statistics on missing people, and to claim that they don't know how many people are missing inside of their jurisdiction. That's where it all started with, with this first conversation with these two people. Why don't they want us to know? Is it to keep the image clean and, and not to scare people from visiting the national parks, keep Smokey the Bear, the bear smiling? That's, there's the key, that Smokey the Bear, hug you, love you, there's nothing wrong in our parks. This past summer, myself and a friend were at a uh, national park, and we walked into this office, and there was a group of older gentlemen sitting around talking, and I just stood there at the office and listened. And I could tell that one of the guys was very intuitive and had a lot of information. And uh, I followed him outside, and I introduced myself, and it turned out that he was a retired special agent from the Park Service. And that opened up a conversation that was very, very enlightening. And a real polite man spent a career working inside the Park Service. And I explained to him the obstacles that I had hit in trying to get information out of him. And I said, why is this happening? And his words were, a lack of integrity. He says, Dave, you'll hit it at every level inside the Park Service. Uh, they should be tracking missing people. These statistics should be at, the, at our fingertips. We should know where the danger points are in the parks if there are. If there's clusters of disappearances, we should know. Every other jurisdiction knows in the world. Why don't we know? And he says it's a lack of integrity. Is it a lack of integrity or is it coming from the top down? Because this, these national parks, some of them are, are the primary revenue generator for, for many cities, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, there's a park outside of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Great Smoky Mountain National Park, and they drag in revenue between $750 and $800 million a year for that area surrounding the park. So any adverse publicity that uh, decreases attendance at those parks will have a huge economic impact on the park itself and that community. The Park Service, and, and I think you got to understand the mentality of law enforcement itself. The rank and file people that you see driving in cars, the national parks that meet you at the gate, those people are upstanding, outstanding, super people. They aren't the policymakers. They don't make major decisions. They just follow the rules. Those rules are made in Washington by the Department of the Interior that administers the park service. And therein lies the issue. It's not the people at the parks. It's the people at the Department of the Interior. What uh, stumbling blocks have you faced and have you had any encounters with uh, higher ups or maybe even with the FBI? What have you found? So uh, initially when we got started, we filed a series of Freedom of Information Act requests on the Park Service asking for information on the number of missing people in Yosemite. That's one of the, their biggest parks in their system. They get millions of people a year. We figured that, that that would probably be the one location where they have resources to do these kind of things. 
And then as a follow-up request, we also asked for numbers of missing people inside the entire park system. From Yosemite, after that request, I get a call from an attorney asking why we want that information, which under the Freedom of Information Act, that cannot be used as a question in determination if you're going to get the information. And we knew that. And it was, it was confusing and complex why the attorney would ask that. And I've, n I've never heard of anybody getting called by an attorney on a Freedom of Information Act request. Subsequent to that, I got another call asking uh, when we wanted it, implying that we were going to get it. The truth of the matter was is that I got a letter about a month after that initial attorney call stating that the Park Service doesn't keep statistics on missing people, doesn't keep lists on missing people, doesn't have any lists on missing people, either at their office in Washington or any on the local level. And that if we wanted those lists from Yosemite, uh, that would cost us thousands and thousands of dollars, $34,000. If we wanted a list from Washington, D.C. on their entire system, that would cost us $1.4 million for them to draw it up and get it. So they want us to pay them these thousands and millions of dollars for them to do their job. And this isn't a hard job to do. And it's embarrassing being in from law enforcement that these people don't see the purpose or the importance of keeping this information. How expensive, Dave, could it be for them to keep uh, records on missing people? Shouldn't that be an Excel spreadsheet that it's updated frequently, That that's all? Mel, I'll even drag it down one more notch. You're right. An Excel spreadsheet on any laptop you and I and everyone else in the public has would do it. But let's make it even easier. Let's take a $4 clipboard and a piece of graph paper and put the graph paper on the board and divide it up into six sections, name, date, report number, location of incident, and disposition. And put that up in the superintendent's office. And every time somebody disappears, they put their name on that clipboard with all those criteria filled in. And then if they're found, they put a checkbox, found, and the disposition, deceased, okay, whatever. And there is your list for that park. Costs maybe $5. And if you do that, say, throughout their system, 183 locations, I've already said that our organization will pay for that clipboard and that graph paper for all 183 locations of the Park Service if they'll start maintaining those lists. So, yes, it's very, very easy. And I have to tell you, you sent me your book set a few weeks ago, and I'm just overwhelmed with what I'm seeing. I'm not an avid hiker, but I live in Arizona, and there are plenty of places to hike here. I have many friends who hike, and they do the opposite of what you recommend. They go alone. They go without a transponder. They go without a firearm. I, we can talk about this at the end of the show, but right from the beginning, I know a lot of hikers are listening to us right now, and their perception of what they do will change. What do you tell them? Well, I was like your buddies. I mean, I hiked around. I, I'm an avid fisherman, so carrying a gun sometimes was a pain, and I never carried a transponder. I loved the outdoors. 
And when I got away from my job and, and the crime that goes with inner city issues, when I was in the outdoors, I was free, fresh air. I loved it. Since spending five, four or five years now on this project, I can tell you my view of nature has changed drastically in that there are elements and dangers involved in the woods that I don't think the public is aware of. And I'm not talking about hooky, spooky kind of things. I'm just talking about standard dangers that you would have no idea about. When I first got into this years ago, I was walking down a lonely trail. I had a gun. I was walking down this lonely trail. After about four or five hours, I came back, and I could see my footsteps in the trail as I was coming back. And in those footsteps were mountain lion tracks. So he was either following me out, or since I went out there, that mountain lion had walked in my tracks going out to me. And that's just one of the small dangers that exist out there that you get attacked by a mountain lion, you better have a gun. Or a grizzly bear, which we see up in Wyoming and Montana, you better have a gun. And what I tell people now is that once you educate yourself about the totality of the dangers, say in Northern California, I hiked a lot, and then there's a lot of marijuana grows and a lot of methamphetamine labs. If I confront one of those guys out there, I, I, I better have a gun. And so... My, my point is, is that in all of the research we've done, there's only been one person we've ever found that disappeared under our criteria that had, was carrying a transponder. There's never been anybody that disappeared that we can know of fitting our profile where they were carrying a transponder and a firearm. So for the, for the last two years, I've been carrying a transponder and a firearm everywhere I go in the woods. And obviously, I would recommend carrying a GPS as well and a hard copy map and, uh, of exactly where you're at. Also carry a water filtration system myself. That's just one of the things I always do. But I think once you get the knowledge and you understand how many people have disappeared permanently, never been found, and not that it's in one isolated location of the U.S., but there's been a lot of cases in Arizona New Mexico, in the desert regions as well. And you would think, where can these people go and not be found? You know, I had people a few months ago bring your work to my attention. And after I read your books, I wondered, why don't we see this information, not from the national parks, perhaps not from the government, but other sources? Are you the only one that has really tackled this to the extent that you have? Well, the best I can tell is our group is the only one. I um, a year and a half ago, during the summer, I was asked to give a presentation in front of the National Association of Search and Rescue Professionals, and it was about the elements that we found that were consistent in these 38 clusters of disappearances in North America, including the U.S. and Canada. And uh, I had a line of people going out the door talking to me, and I could say that half of them came up and said, you know, this has never been talked about before. No one's ever touched on it. The best we know, there's never been research about it. There has been research about missing people and the distances that they cover, but I don't think now, after looking at what we found, that the people understand some of the great distances and elevations that small children supposedly cover. So, yeah, I think what we're doing is really unique. 38 clusters of... That, that, is, that is incredible. And how about... Missing, presumed dead. 
is that what they categorize people when they want, quote unquote, off their books? That is it. And um, you'll see this a lot in the national. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.